0: Already, in the last sermon on this topic uh, of joy, we talked about how we can always trust God to keep his promises. And also, we can always trust Satan to lie to us, to try to deceive us. So tonight, I, I want us to see and think about how trusting God's promises results in joy we want joy. So when we trust God's promises, that's how we, we receive joy. And number two, we'll look at how joy is a weapon of mass destruction against Satan. All right, so let's pray. Father God, you are awesome, Lord. Thank you for your word, for your people, for your fellowship, Lord. Um, just open our eyes, Lord, to see your glory, that we might be transformed. and uh, so that we might be able to worship you better tomorrow than we did today, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, first let me ask you this. Is joy worth pursuing? Some say that seeking, for, seeking joy for ourselves is a type of hedonism. And according to the dictionary, hedonism it says this, Pleasure is the highest good, and proper aim of human life. And a lot of people follow hedonism as an actual religion. And a lot of people follow it and not knowing that they are making a religion out of it. Are you a worldly hedonist? You probably are, if you're like me sometimes at the Golden Corral, all-you-can-eat buffet. And you have you try everything they have to offer, and at some point you're, you're full but you're still not really satisfied, so you keep on eating and and wind up stuffing yourself with catfish, shrimp, steak, ice cream, Coke, uh, whatever, until cake, yes, cake too, until you are really sick and throwing up. And that is not the definition of joy or satisfaction, either one. And when we trans uh, translate that to the world, that's... The same way it works. The world promises us joy and satisfaction. And uh, when we seek after it for our own uh, joy, that's hedonism. And the world is our buffet. And and you can see that in, in rich people sometimes. Maybe you see them on TV so at times. Uh, these people can buy anything and sample anything from the world buffet that they desire. Because they're, they're so rich. And so they do. And nothing truly satisfies them even though they're full and they keep stuffing themselves and keep eating until they overdose one too many times and they finally die. So that's the world's hedonism. but you know God did actually fashion us in a way that we had that he, that we can have the greatest joy possible when we find our satisfaction in him and that's exactly what he wants us to find our satisfaction and joy in him and that's exactly what glorifies him so so that's what he wants for us the greatest joy possible in seeing him for who he truly is um, and so god wants us to have joy in fact not having joy is a sin as we serve god in deuteronomy 28 46 uh, all before this god gives Israel warnings, severe warnings, maybe around a hundred curses that could come on them, trials and, and, and really hor- horrible things, if they do not do this one thing when they come into the promised land. And here's what it says. They, they shall be a sign and a wonder against you and your offspring forever. Why? Here's what it says. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart because of the abundance of all things, so God didn't want Israel to seek pleasure in the abundance of things on the world's buffet, but to find joy in serving Him. So, for the believer, seeking the greatest joy possible is good and worth pursuing. But um, the ultimate end in our that we pursue is. That God is glorified and that we see him glorified. So here's, uh, before we get going, this is just part of the introduction tonight. Um, Here's a couple quotations about this very thing. Joy is worth pursuing. George Mueller, he was a a man who took care of orphans and created an orphan empire almost. Um, And um, he did it without ever borrowing money or asking for money. God always provided. And here's what he said. The first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day is Facebook. No, he didn't say that. Check my email. No. Take a shower. Not even coffee. Here's what he said in full. The first and great primary business to which I ought to attend every day is to have my soul happy in the Lord. And um, C.S. Lewis said it like this It is a Christian duty, as you know, for everyone to be happy as he can. So that's what God wants us for us. And He knows we can only be happy in seeing Him as supreme in our lives. Okay, that was the introduction. So remember tonight, I want us to see two things how trusting God results in joy, trusting His promises. And number two, joy is a weapon of mass destruction against Satan. So, how even in the world, uh, believing someone's promises brings a type of joy, right? When a presidential candidate makes a promise, many people that believe him are filled with joy until they realize he cannot uh, fulfill his promises then their joy vanishes. But for a while, when they believed, they had joy. When a dad makes a promise with the son that he's going to take him camping or fishing, if the son trusts his his father, he has great joy. And uh, But thankfully, God is not like us sometimes. God always keeps his promise. So when we believe him, we have great joy. And the Holy spirit has a way of making this work out in such a greater joy than the world gives when we believe promises. Um, here's what the Bible The Bible agrees, is what I'm going to say, about these experiences that show us from life that joy comes when we believe a promise. Here's what the Bible says. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So when we believe, God fills us with joy and peace, and we overflow, we abound in hope. So so God, in, in the kingdom of God, believing him is so much greater than the world. Psalms 20 7. The Lord is my strength and, and my shield, in him, my heart trusts, and I, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song, I give thanks to him. So there comes trust, trusting God's promises. And all of his, even his commands are connected to promises. Everything in the Bible is a promise from God. And it's for our good and for his glory. And for David, that was the Psalm of David, it resulted and exulting or worshiping God with song and giving him thanks. And here's one more um, that shows that believing God brings joy. First Peter 1, 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Ob- obtaining the outcome of your faith the salvation of your soul. So, so again, trusting God leads to inexpressible joy as well as salvation. All right. Now let's get on with this here. Um, you know, in order to find joy in trusting God's promises, we have to know those promises, right? So therefore God gives us the desire to be connected to his word. And, um, one uh, one thing uh, that Jesus said that kind of shows us this in John 15, 17, before he went to the cross, he spoke to his disciples the day before. And he said this, I think it was the day before, uh, but he said this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, that's all his promises and, and, and commands. If they abide, if we're, if we're walking close with Christ and his words are in our heart, we meditate and, and, and we, we ponder them. Then he says this, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So uh, if you look at the context, he was giving them a mission and he he was he was concerned about his mission and for them to be on mission their whole life and whatever they needed, he would give them for the mission's sake, for his glory, and they would receive joy in the process. So verse eight, by this might... My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples, and uh, and then and then he goes on in verse eleven and says this, a few verses later, these things have I spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So, uh, I mean, God's promises, if we abide in his word and his promises, and and they are what we meditate on and think about when we wake up and when we go to bed, uh, then his joy, not just our joy, his joy is going to be in us, so our joy will be full. And uh, according to John 17 as well, we see that he shares, the Trinity shares not only joy, but all, all of his glory with us. So, so I think it's a good idea to memorize even scripture. But in order for us to to, to, uh, to have joy that comes from believing God, we have to know what God says. What are his promises? So let me ask you, what are some promises that has benefited you? Promises from God's word that, is, that have helped you through a difficult time? Or maybe that just help you every day. that has brought you joy and comfort. Um, just think about that. you've probably got some scriptures if you're a believer that have helped you because that's the way God works that, that's the way he pulls us through the, the struggles of this broken world with these great promises even the same way he just we talked about how he did for his disciples even though uh, so, so many of them were martyrs in the end because but they they had joy all the way. So I'll, I'll just read a few here. Uh, I've got a ton listed here. And the whole Bible is full of promises, uh, even connected to the commands. So Isaiah 40, 31, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So that scripture has helped me out in, in the past to wait on the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. My mom told me this when growing up. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Here's the promise. And he will make your, make straight your paths. Romans 8, 28, one we probably all used. And we know this, that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. And then Jesus, when he gave the great commission, um, he said, uh, he said this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen, uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And here's the promise. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Um, Philippians 4:13, when Paul is talking about the struggles and the hardship he's went through, they were also um, they were also associated with joy, uh, unexpressible joy. But he says this, Philippians 4:13, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Another one that has really helped me out in my life, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, come unto me, or come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So many, so many promises. Let me skip down here more. Oh, I love this one. This is great. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That, that kind of goes along with the one we looked at in, in um, John 15. Where God would give us whatever we need for the mission. Um, and God is making is able to do that. And here in 2 Corinthians, he had just got through talking about uh, how the using the Macedonians, I believe, if I remember right, as an example, and how they were so poor, but they were able to overflow. God provided them uh, everything they needed to overflow in joy and giving to people who needed in the name of Jesus. So James one five, if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask god who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him john 14:13 whatever you ask in my name this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son and uh, this is a great one romans 8:32 he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also With him, graciously give us all things. So uh, another great one, James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Uh, There's so many more. I'm going to give you one more. Then I'm going to force myself to go to the next section of of the sermon. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right, let's move on. We could be out here all night talking about promises, which is a good thing, actually. So next, let's consider this joy that comes from believing the promises of God is, is also a weapon of mass destruction against Satan. So let's walk through what we've learned so far and the process of, it brings us joy. Um, that means if we have his joy we, we must have been become aware of some of his promises. Let's take salvation, initial salvation uh, that whoever looks to him and delights and believes will be saved. So um, we've heard the gospel, we've turned from our sins. Um, so first you have to hear. so so that is the first principle in finding joy. you have to know, what God's promises are. So, and then number two, it, it's not really a a, a a formula, but I want to. I'm just walking us through it, okay? So number two, um, we quit seeking our joy in the world. Not that we're perfect, but we turn around. We we begin a life looking to Jesus as our joy. So that's repentance. So we heard the promise of God, now we repented, we turned to Christ, and and then number three, which I think happens at the same time, we were trusting God's promise instead. And voila, we're filled with joy because we're resting in somebody we trust. So this, this joy now is a weapon because it's kind of a combination or a completion of knowing God's word and believing him for real. And it's different from the world because it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we now have this weapon against Satan and all his lies. So we're going to look at a few examples from the Old Testament. Um, remember, these are physical examples that point to something spiritual for us. As 1 Corinthians ten six says, Now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil, as they did. And verse 11, Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction, on whom the end of the ages has come. All right. Let's look at an example in Nehemiah chapter 8, beginning with verse 9. A small group of Israelites had uh, returned to Jerusalem, and were supervised by Nehemiah. And uh, this may sound familiar, but in rebuilding the wall, they were building the wall around Jerusalem, rebuilding it actually. And uh, they finally had finished. It was a struggle. People were against them, But it was completed. And the people gathered in the square and read from the law of Moses. And all the people began weeping Yeah, I expect it was probably over the sin because they had read the law of Moses and um, it might have been just to hear God's word because they didn't have Bibles to read in their houses to read them every night. But I, I think it might have been over sin. But I want us to let me go ahead and read what it says. Nehemiah 8 verse 9 and Nehemiah, who was the governor. And Ezra, the priest and scribe and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Verse 12, And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions to make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to them. So, uh, the key phrase there is, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Um, So, that's where we have the premise here uh, of what we're talking about. Joy becomes a weapon of mass destruction. And, I mean, you know, if you actually think about it, actually, this is what's defeating Satan. This is what it looks like when we're believing God's promises and we're joyful in the Lord. How will we defeat Satan? We will not gossip. It's impossible to do that at the same time as worship. We will not lie or cheat or hold grudges against those who have wronged us we will not go crazy on the home shopping network no we will trust god and his promises his word and we will have the joy he intended when he created us um that's just the way it works the joy of the lord is our strength let's look at another this is pretty cool 2 chronicles 2020 um and this is a Je- Jehoshaphat a good godly king king of judah uh, the, the Moabites and the Amorites and some of the Menuhites came against him for battle. And Jehoshaphat received word from God on how they should not have to fight. They should not be afraid. They would not need to fight. And here's what he did. Let's see. Let me read that. Uh, verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went out to the into the wilderness of, of Tekoa. And when they... When out Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God. Remember, believe, so, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel um, with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in, in holy attire, and they went before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped destroy one another. Wow. Who ever heard of putting an army, putting their choir on the front lines in place of their army, <laughs> just singing praises to God? So here's an example there. Um, the joy of the Lord is their strength, which is, I think, a combination or a, a completion of knowing God's word, knowing his promises, believing them. And let that be internalized so that we might act accordingly. That brings joy in our life. Um, We could talk about others. Uh, I'll mention some. um, uh, Jonah, remember, he he worshipped God with thanksgiving when he heard God's word and he turned and he believed God's word. I think that's joy. And God actually delivered him out of the belly of the fish. Um, verse nine of Jonah two. But, let's see. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. I have vowed. I I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the land. All right. Uh, there's so many more. Uh, Joshua, the children of Israel. Um, they worshipped God, I believe, as they. As they marched around Jericho and the walls fell, they, David seemed to worship God. If you go back and read this, his, his account with Goliath, uh, when he slayed, slayed Goliath. King Hezekiah worshiped God, and then God sent an angel to fight Assyria for for him. Daniel in the lions den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Look at let's look at one more here. This one comes from the New Testament. And um, remember in Acts chapter 16, Paul cast out an evil spirit. And the people lost their their money. They were making money off of this this girl who was kind of a fortune teller, I believe. And so Paul and Silas were stripped and beaten with rods and put in stocks in the inner chamber of prison. And verse uh, 25 of Acts 16 says this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Uh, There you go. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And after that, as you may recall, um, the jailer, I think he he, he uh, almost committed suicide because he knew he would be in such great trouble probably be killed. But um Paul said no and he told him how to believe on the Lord. And so he did. And him and all of his family were saved. Again, the joy of the Lord is our strength. God uses the joy to Open the prison, yes. But, in connection with that. But even more so, it was that joy that, that pointed, this joy the the goodness of Jesus Christ, that pointed the jailer to uh, to be able to delight in Jesus and his family for eternity. So, joy overca- overcame Satan in a big way. And then, uh, just another experience uh, I want to share with you of, of an example from regular life. Um, John Piper tells a story about how he was called to the home of a person who was told uh, he told he was told was demon possessed. Okay, here's his own words. So quote: For about two hours, I talked to her and I read her scriptures and prayed prayers of deliverance. She became increasingly violent, knocking the Bible out of my hand and grabbing the prayer sheets and shoving me. At one point, at one point, about one in the morning, someone in the group began to sing. So I think there were some people from his church there, probably with him. It was one of our familiar worship songs. We sang it again and again, and the Lord gave us new words for it every time. She began to tremble and threaten us if we didn't stop. Then she threw herself on the floor and screamed for Satan not to leave her. She then went into convulsions and then went limp. When she came to, she remembered nothing of what happened and was willing to read the scriptures and pray. The joy, the singing to Jesus Christ, that Satan cannot stand it. He has to leave. So in closing, I just want to say the joy of the Lord is not only our great delight, but it's our weapon against sin and the devil every day. Uh, we need to start our mornings out rejoicing in the Lord and sing praises to him throughout the day, even, t- even to the night. Um Cause, cause uh, when we're rejoicing in Christ, we don't participate in the lies. We don't believe the lies of Satan. Those two don't go good. They don't go together at all. I did. I wrote a, a little poem about hedonism, but it's Christian hedonism is the title. And uh, you know, though they may not, you know, translate exactly uh, the definitions, I would say that uh, it's the joy of the Lord. Uh, and here, here's the way the poem goes. Christian Hedonism. There are many isms in the prism of schisms, like egotism, feminism, legalism, criticism. But today, won't you listen to my optimism and the wisdom of Christian Hedonism. Take the best endeavors of the human life. There's something far better than all the delights. The treasure past measure, like what day is tonight, a pleasure fully suited for man's appetite. Wikipedia has officially registered Christian hedonism. Compared now, all else might seem, might be called rubbishism, dungism, people locked in prison by things that glisten, lustism, smutism, the whole world is in derision. Because Jesus lived, died, and, and now has risen, he is my precious, my riches, my riches, my vision, my fortune, my mission. For now, I'm forgiven. My treasure, my pleasure, my true hedonism. <coughs> Let's break, Father God. Uh, thank you for uh, the good news of great joy that the the angels pronounce, Lord. It would be for all people, Lord. Uh, this 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 pleasure beyond measure that only comes through. Jesus as our treasure, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. This one prophesied even in Genesis, when after mankind, um, sinned, that He would be the only hope for their sins. Even even as it was promised, the Bible says before the ages began. Lord, thank you for for this this great joy that we can have in trusting you, Lord, and, and you, you're faithful. You've never let us down. Your word has never, has never not come to pass. And we have your word in the Bible written by uh, many different people from different walks of life over different periods of times in 66 books, Father, that agree. Uh, Agree agree with history, even. Uh, uh, Things that were written beforehand that came true Lord. You're faithful. And our... Your Holy Spirit agrees with the principles and the teachings of your word, Lord, in every way. Men have tried to, to burn your word and destroy it over the ages. But it's impossible to do so, Lord. Um, thank you that your word abides and that we can rejoice in you. Help us to do that, Lord, every day. To, to find these scriptures and, and let attach ourselves to them. And to to pray out scripture throughout the day. Scriptures of rejoicing in your promises, Lord. Help us to follow you and trust you. And trust even in your commandments. They're all connected to promises in that they're good for us. And they also glorify you, Lord. Open our eyes to to more of your words so, so that we might worship you better tomorrow than we did today, Lord. Thank you for your word and for your people. In Jesus' name, amen.